0: everybody Uh, so I was gonna do this video yesterday but that would have been a bad idea Uh, I was not in a good place to be talking to uh, anybody Um, so with that said this video is brought to you by Gary Vaynerchuk thank you for waking my ass up today Um, I want to talk about my own personal experiences with the police there have been three key instances that have influenced my idea of the police in my lifetime now with that said I want to say that my record is clean as it can be. I have not gotten so much as a traffic violation since I was in high school. I am, as, uh, uh, there's not a better way to say this, the the most law-abiding submissive citizen there is. You tell me what rules to follow, I'm going to follow them. Now, living that kind of life, I have still had three major run-ins with the police. Two of those times were with off-duty police officers. the reason I want to say these stories is because first, they're deeply personal. And they're experiences that I've had that I know could have happened to many other people. And I feel that it is important for us to tell those stories. As many as we can. Because the void needs to be filled if we're ever going to really not forget how angry we are. With that said, first story. I was 15 years old and I was shopping at a Kohl's in South Grand Prairie. My mom had to go pick up my nephew so she left me alone at the Kohl's with, with the cart. We were shopping for like uh, before, like this was like uh, the summer before school started so we always went on to Kohl's and just do a little shopping street for shirts and polos and stuff. Anyway, when my mother left, I was, you know, roaming around the boys' section looking for clothes and trying things on. And as I was going, uh, when I was, I was leaving a dressing room, I noticed a police officer walked directly in behind, behind me. I didn't think nothing of it. And then I just went, I went about looking for some more stuff. And then that same police officer comes up to me and tells me, I don't, well, I can't say verbatim, but this is essentially what he said to me. He said I don't know if you're trying to do something but if you are we're here I was kind of dumbfounded in that moment I didn't really think too hard about a response I, I just looked at him and said okay what's funny about this moment is that I from this point, I had never really felt marginalized. I never really felt the true sense of my color making other people uh, treat me differently. Um, But when my mother came back and I told her what happened, she was furious. She was more angry than I'd ever seen her. You know, we did the whole thing and we talked to the management and basically just got told we're very sorry um, and that was, a, that was a deeply upsetting moment for me, but more for me witnessing how my mother felt and that keyed me in on exactly how much rage uh, this type of behavior from people has caused her. Um, she came from El Salvador as a refugee when she was uh, 16 or 17, I forget the age. Um, so she's felt throughout the last 20 years uh, a good bit of this type of marginalization. Um, second time, I was uh, I had running run with the police. Uh, so summers after high school, I worked at Hurricane Harbor in Arlington, Texas. Um, and one of the managers of Hurricane Harbor allowed a couple kids, I think they were from Fort Worth, to live at her home because she lived like down the street from Hurricane Harbor while they were working at Hurricane Harbor, you know, she did it just to help them out to, to have, so that they can, you know, have an easy way of getting back and forth from Hurricane Harbor, you know, um, and these guys are really cool. Uh, and this uh, and the manager's name, she was really nice. Um, but one night, uh, me and one of the guys that was living in this house were just, you know, hanging out. Uh, I think we had gone to, I think we had gone to go to Sonic or something. We got food. Um, anyway, uh, I was I was driving at the time, so I was taking him back to her house, right? Well, as we rolled up to her house, we just decided to kind of chill in the car and talk for a little bit. And uh, it's kind of a key point of the story. Her husband was, a, was an Arlington police officer and we noticed that he got home in a truck right and we were just minding our business in the car and then about 15 minutes later uh, an arlington police officer rolls up right behind us and he comes he comes up knocking on my window asking for my registration asking for my information and of course i give him everything and then he asks us what we're doing and then i tell him uh well he lives in that house across the street from us um, and then he looks at me in the face and says, "That guy does not live in that house. The guy that I was with happens to be an African American. The people, the manager who allows him to live in her house, they're white. Her husband was a was a white police officer. Um, that really, that really doesn't uh, matter, but." The cop then looks straight at my face and says, well, yeah, he says that guy doesn't live there. And then I ask him to call the, call the lady who lives in that house to let her know what's happening. And then her husband comes out from behind his truck, walks up to the window, looks in, sees that it's the kid that's living in his house. And then just tells the other cop, oh, my wife brings home strays. And that was the end of that exchange. Again, nothing came of that. We all met on our merry way and lived our lives. And the third time, the third time I had a run-in with the police happened earlier. God, was it this year? I want to say it was either November or December. It was November and December. So I have recently decided to take up the a career path of trying to be a photographer and part of that has uh, allowed me the opportunity to work for a production company where I go out uh, various venues and shoot weddings. Well uh, one day I was uh, coming home from a wedding in Denton County. Um, so I was driving back from the wedding and I take a wrong turn on a road that had construction on it turns out I was thinking that it was a two-way on the one-way path how they sometimes block off one side and do the two-way on, on the on the on the one-way path well I was wrong um and I knew it was wrong so I just made I made sure to stop when I recognized my mistake but a car came rushing up towards me and I knew that it knew that I was there and if I had moved too quickly I would have delayed the car and being able to move past me so I just kind of stayed there to start to pass but it did it just kind of stayed there. And this was like a black Toyota just kind of looking at me. So I stood, there for, I stood there for a minute and I just backed up, rolled off, and just left. And then I noticed that this car started to follow me. Right. So now I'm I'm driving down 35 heading towards Dallas from Denton County. And I know that this black Toyota is following me. So I do the stupidest thing you could possibly do in this situation. Uh, don't do this. I get off on the highway. This guy stops behind me. I open my car, leave it wide open, walk out, walk to the back of my vehicle by the bumper. I dial 911 on my phone. I hold my hands up. I don't actually call the police, but I hold my hands up. And I yell at the guy, what's going on here? What are we doing? And as soon as I open my mouth, a Denton County Police Sheriff rolls up in front of me on the side of the road and then goes around, gets out of his, gets out of his vehicle sees me standing there tells me to stand next to my car as he searches it because I left the door open and at this point I have done nothing wrong I don't think I've done anything wrong and I a from what I know a civilian was chasing me in a black Toyota for some reason uh so I don't fear the cop searching my vehicle but then but then two Dallas PD cruisers roll up on the scene, right? And as soon as they roll up, the black Toyota opens the door and comes out another Denton County Sheriff. I made a wrong turn in front of an off-duty Denton County Sheriff. And he thought that I was drunk driving. So he called his buddies in to bust me. Now, key point to the story, I bought a Heineken beer after the wedding because I'm not allowed to drink. And after a wedding, I am fucking tired. So I always buy a couch beer, but I don't drink and drive because I am a law-abiding citizen. I'm not an idiot. So the Denton County Sheriff searching my vehicle finds the beer, but it's closed. <laughs> he walks it over to the other Denton County Sheriff. <laughs> he shows the sheriff and I can audibly hear the sheriff yell from the top of his lungs. Shit. After he asks, is the bottle open? It's not and then as I'm pleading and explaining myself to the Dallas PD three of them by the way so now I have there's three DPD on this side and two Denton County sheriffs on this side right and as I'm talking to the to the Dallas PD the the Denton County sheriff who's searching my car grabs that Heineken and puts it right up to my face and just gives me this look of huh and I say it like the most lizard brain way possible. Instantly I just go, it's sealed. (laughs) And then he's just shrugs, walks the beer back into my car, closes my door and then yells loudly for everybody to hear. There are no violations here. And then after about 10 minutes of the DPD berating me about not being a hero, they say I'm free to go. I shake five police officers' hands and I drive home and I drink that beer and I proceed to not sleep until about five o'clock that morning. This country has a real problem with police outstepping their bounds because police do not get punished when they step out of their own regulations. It's a culture driven war based on the fact that cops just want to protect their own. I want to choose my words very carefully here. I do not believe that all police officers are bad people or are bad cops or do things to intentionally harm citizens. But. When a few of you are allowed to hurt people viciously and painfully, it changes people. And for those of you who are are saying that these protests are ill-founded and are just looting, you don't understand what it is. I'm willing to bet that most of you don't really understand what it's like to be hurt. I mean, if you've ever been beaten, or if you've ever had a gun to your head, like I have, it changes you in a way that is not easy to change back. I just want us to keep remembering these things. And if I was writing a speech, this would be where I put a call to action. And I don't, I don't want to give my opinion on how to fix the world. I just want to give the only piece of advice that I think is actionable to you, the person watching this video. Thank you. I appreciate you, whoever you are. But I ask you, and I beg of you, please, do the one thing that every citizen has a right to do vote. I know it sounds cliche and simple in a time of grave unrest but the truth is that most of you don't and it's starting to show the United States is for everyone. Martin Luther King says that the writing is the voice of the unheard. Well, since before this country was even founded, there has been screaming and crying and dying for help. I don't have the magic answer and I don't know how to change people's minds, but whatever you believe, truly, whatever you believe, Because you have that right to believe whatever you want to believe. I don't care. Use, use the one actionable thing that you can use to make a difference. Please. 60 million people voted for Donald Trump. There's 300 million of you. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole thank you for watching. I appreciate you. Whatever the hell you do, for the love of God, wash your hands. Thank you.